that with me. God, thank you that you are the, the author of life, you're the sustainer of life, of all life, the life of the unborn, the life of the elderly, the life of those that may have uh, mental or physical disabilities or challenges. God, because you value life, we want to be a, a church, a people that values all life. And so, God, would you help us to honor you in that way? Thank you that uh, you are in charge, that you're ultimately in control, that we are dependent upon you. And God, I pray that uh, from this place, people would experience real life and the life that is truly life found in Jesus. So we lean into you and to your word now together and ask for your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, last a uh, couple weekends ago, actually, we began a brand new message series in the letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians. First Thessalonians is the letter that we're, we're kind of studying week by week, chapter by chapter. Uh, the, the, the title of our series is Thriving. And we learned in the very first weekend that the Thessalonians had become role models and examples of thriving in the faith. But the question that we want to consider this weekend is, well, what happens when living by faith isn't so easy? What happens when, when times get tough, when faith starts to maybe be questioned in the depths of our souls, when... When the things that we thought we believed aren't becoming a reality in our everyday life and we get discouraged, maybe another way to, to put the question is how or what can help us stand firm in times of adversity, right? Any of us in the room have, have lived long enough to go through some difficulties and if, well, if we haven't, well, <laughs> they're coming, and what do you do? How, do you? how do you hold on to faith when, man, maybe it feels like your prayers are just not being answered or answered in the way that you thought God would answer? Or what happens when you become disenchanted with the church as a whole? Maybe something happened. Maybe trust was broken and you think, man, if that's what faith is about, I don't know if I want to be a part of any of it. What do you do when, when you're faced with illness or a job loss, and it feels like, man, God, where are you? How do we stand firm in times of adversity? And the amazing thing about Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, it's written during time where, where both Paul and the Thessalonians were going through times of adversity. And so in our core passage this weekend, we can learn, I think, some some key words, in fact, five words that are, we're going to land on that I think can help us in times of adversity in our own lives that Paul and the Thessalonians uh, modeled for us. And so let's go back to the text, and we read some of this earlier, and uh, this is Paul writing in verse 17. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, he says, After we were separated from you, for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. Paul had visited the city of Thessalonica on his second missionary journey, and something took them away 
from the Thessalonians. In fact, he's, that word separated there, it's a word that re- literally means to be ripped apart, to be torn away. And so whatever it was, either by their choice and not being able to get back, or maybe not by their choice, perhaps because of some of the persecution that was happening in the area, Paul says, I feel like we were just ripped away from you. And they had come to love the Thessalonian believers, and the Thessalonians had come to love and respect Paul. And now they're ripped apart. And he goes on, he says, we wanted very much to come to you. And I, Paul, tried again and again. And then he gives the reason, he says, but Satan prevented us. Now, you might read that and you're like, okay, come on. Satan? Like, really? And yet what we see in the pages of scriptures from beginning to end, from from the Garden of Eden to the new creation in the book of Revelation, we see that Satan is a known and real being, a constant threat to humanity and a constant threat especially to those people who have put their faith in Jesus. He is after us. In fact, the Bible describes Satan as a, as a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour. Jesus said he's a thief that comes to kill and steal and destroy. And so Satan is real, and we don't know exactly the situation that Paul is facing, but he says it's Satan himself that is looking to keep him away from being able to see the Thessalonians. Now, that, that, that word Satan can be translated in a number of ways. In fact, one of the ways it's translated throughout the scriptures is adversary. So just think adversity. The adversary of our souls is putting adversity in Paul's life so that he cannot reconnect with the Thessalonian believers. So what, what does Paul do? He does the next best thing. He sends a close friend, Timothy. He says, we sent Timothy to visit you. He's our brother, God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him, catch this, to strengthen you and encourage you in your faith and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles that you were going through. So now we, we understand that it wasn't just Paul who was facing adversity, not being able to get back to Thessalonica, but one of the reasons he was trying to get back there was because he was concerned for them, because they were facing troubles. They were facing adversity. Everybody's affected. He says, but you know that we were destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, Paul says, we warned you that troubles would, shoot, would soon come, and they did, as you well know. Troubles will come. Jesus said the same thing. And it, brings, it begs the question, what can help me stand firm in adversity? Number one, I think, is the word awareness, awareness, or even anticipation or expectation, having an awareness that tough times will come, that following Jesus does not automatically mean that life is going to be easy, that life is going to be carefree, that we aren't going to be uh, faced with difficult times. Remember what Paul says? He says, listen, you know that we were destined for these troubles. 
Like, it's in our destiny. That's not real exciting, isn't it? Like, don't put that on a t-shirt. And yet it's a reality that you and I face, that your friends, your family, your coworkers, your friends, we all face adversity. Jesus said it. He said, here on earth, you will have troubles. <laughs> now, he says, you can take heart, you can take courage, because I've overcome the world already. But he says, but while you are here in this world, you will continue to have troubles. In fact, Paul goes on in his letter to Timothy later, he says, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's a promise. And that persecution may look differently for different people. There's people in other parts of the world where literally today they're, they're gathering as a church, but they're having to do so in secret. They're hiding, fearing for their lives because of their faith. It's that kind of persecution. And thankfully, we have freedom still in this country to worship freely, to openly uh, honor God with our lives and to look at God's truth for our lives. But persecution can still come in many shapes and forms, and it can attack you and I through problems and predicaments, through hardships, through toil, and the list goes on and on and on. How do we stand firm in times of adversity? First of all, just be aware. I was thinking about in our own lives, you know, um, you, so many of you, you've been in the journey with, with us and for going on three years now, our son Carter has been dealing with some debilitating sickness. I remember one night we were sitting in bed and, you know, Lisa was like, why, why is this happening? And deep down inside, you know, I have those questions too. And I remember one evening we were sitting there and a verse came to my mind where Jesus said, you know, the, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, everybody gets rained on sometimes. Who, it doesn't matter who you are, righteous, unrighteous, religious, irreligious, Christian, non-Christian, male, female. All of us get rained on sometimes. And she said, why? Why us? I, and I looked at her, and I said, why not us? Why not us? Who are we to think that somehow we're uh, protected from the hardships of life or the suffering that this life can bring? The rain falls on all of us. And so one of the ways that we stand firm in, is, in adversity is to not be surprised by it to almost expect it and anticipate it, to be aware. But there's a second word that is important for us on how we stand firm in times of adversity, and that's the word partnership. Remember, Paul couldn't make it back to the Thessalonians. He said Satan was preventing him from doing so. And so what did he do? He sent Timothy. We read it. In fact, verse 5, he says, that's why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. See, he was concerned about the Thessalonians. They had put their faith in Jesus, and he had saw, seen it happen, and they had become models, examples of faith, but he knew that they were facing adversity, troubles, and now he was worried. He was concerned whether they were still standing firm, whether they were still keeping the faith. In fact, here he says, and I was afraid that the tempter, another title given to Satan, the adversary, 
the one that brings adversity oftentimes into our lives, that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. He was worried like, man, have they, have they just given up on faith altogether because of what they're going through? And I bet you know people when, when life got hard, when following Jesus got difficult, that maybe they bailed, maybe you bailed at some point. But you're here today. And you're trying to hold on, to hang in there, to stand firm in the midst of adversity. Paul goes on, he says, we, we sent Timothy to you and we sent him to strengthen you, encourage you in your faith, to keep you from being shaken by the troubles that you were going through. Paul knew that partnership was so important in the journey of faith. We were not meant to go it alone. And so he sends Timothy back to check on them, to encourage them, to breathe life into them. And isn't that what you and I need when we're going through a difficult time? Somebody just to breathe some encouragement into our lives, to check in on us, to keep us from being shaken. Paul goes on, he says, but now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith. So Paul sends Timothy, Timothy returns with a report, and now Paul's writing back to them, and he says, but, but we got the report about you. And here's what, here was the report bringing good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy, that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. Verse 7, catch this. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our own troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. This is the power of partnership. It's that when we're, when we're struggling in our faith, we can look to others who are standing firm in their faith, and that can bring us greater confidence and encouragement and steadfastness. Even when we're wrestling and we're about to call it quits, sometimes we can't focus on ourselves. We've got to get our eyes off of ourselves, look at someone else, and instead of being jealous of what they have, being jealous of their faith, being in awe, and then letting that inspire us. Man, if they can hold on, if they can keep going, then I'm going to keep going. Standing firm in the faith because of our partnership. In fact, Paul goes as far as to say, it gives us new life that you are standing firm in the Lord, how we thank God for you. And because of you, he says, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Paul says, man, you give me new life. Paul was suffering. He was stuck because of Satan somehow. The, the, the Thessalonians, they were suffering, facing adversity, and yet they were sticking with it. And Paul says, when I saw and heard that you were sticking with it, man, it made me want to stick with it. And I hope that you, I hope that you in the room know that you are not alone. I know I want to know that I'm not alone. When, when, I mean, the way that our church has loved us and prayed for us, encouraged us, thank you. And I want you to know that when you're suffering and when you're hurting and when you're going through a difficult time, we 
want to be there for you. Partnership. And the partnership that we have is not just a partnership with one another. The incredible thing about what, what God's word tells us, in fact, this is another letter that Paul wrote to another church called, in Philippi. He says, listen to this, work hard to show the results of your salvation. It sounds like it's on us, doesn't it? He says, work hard at it. And there is some work, there is some effort to keeping the faith. But he says, obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you. He says, work hard, but also remember that God is working in you. This is a partnership between us and God. And God wants to infuse our lives with his kind of hope and strength and power and courage and consistency that we can't drum up in and of ourselves, he says God's the one giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. How do we stand firm in the face of adversity? Well, we need to be aware, know that it could come and it will come. Secondly, we need to be in partnership with Jesus first and with one another. But there's a third word, and the word is truth. How do we stand firm in times of adversity, with truth. Look at what Paul says in verse 10 of chapter 3. He says, night and day we pray earnestly for you. So you see the partnership again showing up, and they're praying for one another. He says, and we're asking God to let us see you again. Why? To fill the gaps in your faith. This is an important phrase, and it's an important reality. The reality is that all of us have gaps in our faith. It's like blind spots. It's like areas in our life where our faith is not matured fully yet, and we're still growing, we're still learning, we're still anchoring our lives, so to speak. And Paul knew this about the Thessalonians, and he said, the reason I want to get back to you is to help fill the gaps. And how would he fill the gaps? He would fill the gaps by teaching them, by leading them to the truth of God's word, filling the gaps of their faith so that they could stand firm in the midst of adversity. Because adversity and gaps don't go well together. <laughs> when we're faced with adversity and we, we look back to our faith, but there's a gap in our faith somewhere, then it makes it easier to fall or to falter. And Paul was saying, We've got to fill our lives with truth because it's the truth that fills in the gaps that keeps us steadfast. And this is the, the reality for every single one of us in the room. It's, it's why like, we value share time, like spending time alone with God every day in some way, shape, or form is so critical for all of us. It's why getting together on Sundays and worshiping and, and leaning into other people in partnership, but then also looking at the Word of God together so that we can fill the gaps of our faith. It's why getting involved in a small group and, and huddling up with others around God's Word to, to learn and also to encourage each other is important. It's, it's why uh, getting involved in some of the classes and things that we offer. Why? to fill the gaps in our faith with truth. And there's a fourth word. How do we 
stand firm in times of adversity. It's also with love and by loving. Paul, Paul, when he gets the report back from Timothy, he says, Timothy's just returned and he's telling us all this good news about your faith. He knew that they were standing firm still, that they hadn't given up, that they hadn't bailed in times of adversity. He says, but also about your love and, and that the two go hand in hand. We said this a couple weeks ago. And, and he says, this love is part of what's keeping you standing firm. In fact, in chapter 4, Paul highlights this again to the Thessalonians. He says, we don't even need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Instead, he says, indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Now, this is profound because what had happened in Thessalonica was there were, there were both Jews and there were Gentiles, and both had put their faith in Jesus. And Jews and Gentiles did not get along with each other in that day. And yet, there they were, loving each other becoming partners in the faith, encouraging each other, praying for each other, holding each other up, depending on each other in the midst of the troubles that they were going through. And there's something that happens when we, when we get the focus off ourselves and on loving and serving others, that even though we're facing trials and troubles of our own, it helps us when we continue to serve and love one another. It's one of the antidotes to dealing with adversity. And there's one last word. How do we stand firm in times of adversity? Awareness, expect it. Be ready, anticipate. It's coming. Secondly, partnership. Don't do it alone. Thirdly, truth. Fill the gaps with the truth, right? But we've got to depend. Depend, not just on one another, but depend on God. You know, that's our number one value here at the chapel. Depend on God. We, we depend on God and his word. And sometimes it can feel like it all depends on us, doesn't it? And, and I know that I've been guilty and I've heard so many sermons where it feels like, man, it's just one more thing that I have to do. Oh, so you're going through adversity. Well, be of good cheer. You know, uh, stand firm. That helps a lot, right? <laughs> and it feels like it's just one more thing added to our plate, one more thing that, that we have to do. And I love Paul's prayer that we're going to read in a moment. It's his prayer for the Thessalonians, and it's, and, and it's our prayer for one another, and it's our prayer for you and what I love about Paul's prayer is it shows where his ultimate dependence was. It was not on himself. And as he, as he prayed for the Thessalonians, it wasn't all on them to have what they needed to get through the adversity and the troubles. No, look at what he says. And look what's highlighted. May God, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ bring us to you very soon. Remember, he was separated from them. He wanted to get back. He felt like Satan was hindering all of that. He says, but listen, this is not dependent on me. It's dependent upon God. May God and the Lord Jesus bring us to you very soon. Verse 12, and may the Lord, 
he commanded us to love each other, and they were trying to love each other, and they were working at it. But he says, and may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. Verse 13, may he, may he as a result, make your hearts strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all of his holy people. Paul, as he prays to to the Lord himself for the Thessalonians, says, we're turning upward and we are relying, depending upon God to bring you through, to bring us through. This is how we stand firm in times of adversity. Yeah, we have to fight the good fight of faith. And yeah, we need to center ourselves in God's word. But at the end of the day, we are ultimately dependent upon him. And Paul knew it, and he was challenging and praying for the Thessalonians that they would lean into God like never before and to keep their eye on the finish line. So many times in Thessalonians, and we'll talk more about this in the weeks to come, Paul focuses on the second coming of Christ. He says, listen, there's coming a day when Jesus is going to arrive And he is going to make everything right. And the troubles that you now face, the adversity that you have gone through, are going through, or will yet go through, will be over. And I'm learning in my life, I am looking forward to that day more and more and more. And sometimes it's only adversity that will cause us to look forward to eternity, to trust Jesus, to depend on him. Would you pray with me? God, thank you that you love us. God, I don't know what the people in this room are facing. Some of them I do. God, would you hold us fast? Would you Keep our feet on the solid ground of your truth. Would you encourage us with others that come alongside? And would you help us to be those that come alongside in partnership? And thank you that ultimately we are partnered with you. That it is you that works in us. It's you that gives us the power and the ability to stand firm in times of adversity. May you fill the gaps of our faith with your truth, and would you help us depend on you for today, for tomorrow, for eternity. We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget, next weekend's Orange Weekend. We'll see you then.